and obviously I'm a trans woman living in Nigeria, which is like, like it's, it's a crazy navigation. When we are going in desert, we walk for good six hours. My leg was trapped. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lay of the Land. What is a digital nomad? Well, our best friend, Google, (laughs) defines a digital nomad as a person who earns a living through working online in various locations of their choosing, rather than a fixed business location. I would say that pretty much sums up my guest on the podcast today. My keeper is originally from Jamaica, grew up in New York, and is currently living her best life in Lagos. So... Um, the short story is I had planned to go to Kenya in August 2021. And as I was planning for that trip, I have a friend there and I was talking to her and like we're planning everything. And just like as I'm planning it, this this gut feeling kept on saying like, no, but you had liked Nigeria that one time you were there for three days, three years ago. Um, Because I came here for a wedding in 2017. So that was like a super short trip. And also December. So it's like a very tailored experience, but not really a true experience. So um, so my gut was just like, nah, your friend on Instagram has mad fine friends, first of all. Like, <laughs> these bearded men. And, um, <laughs> and two, just honestly, my gut kept on resonating with Lagos, with Lagos, with Lagos. So I had a convo with my friend in Kenya, and I was just like, yo, you think I can, like, hop and, you know? She was like, no, if your gut is telling you to head to Lagos, I think go to Lagos for, like, a good three weeks. Don't try to rush it. Um, and just, just there's a reason your gut is leading you there. Um, so cut to I start, I met a I met a girl in Jamaica. We randomly were on a beach trip. We weren't supposed to be on that beach trip together, but we were on the beach trip together. And I mentioned to her, like, you know, my gut is telling me to go to Lagos. And she was like, I've been to Nigeria. She's in the art space. She was like, if you go, let me know. Like, I'll be your roommate. So I was like, girl, you just slashed my bill in half. We about <laughs> to do this for real. So we booked flights, we organized um visa on arrivals. And the, once the visa on arrivals were like sorted, we were like, girl, we are going to Lagos for real. Um, we sorted out housing and we came. We got here. I, she got here August 2nd. I got here August 3rd, 2021. Wow. So it's been one year now. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect timing then for us to have this conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you said that you were looking at all of your friends, fine, fine friends, bearded men on Instagram. I've and you're like, mm, yeah, let learned. me go to Lagos. So <clears throat> do you... <laughs> Do you still have the same impression? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, God is good. God, ha- every- God's working on all of us. So, you know, big up Lagos men. I'm not here to insult anybody because the people on my Instagram get offended all the time when I talk about Lagos men and their wahala. But um, yeah, just my, my focus has completely shifted to, you know, I'm focusing on the Lord and my growth. <laughs> You know, when it gets to that point, it's taken you literally being pushed to your limits and saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm absolutely, absolutely done. Yeah. And thankfully, so I'm more of an observer. So I'm very, I guess because I'm risk averse. So I, I don't, it doesn't, it didn't have to get to my limits. I just saw certain patterns and I was like, oh, that's what you're on. Okay, I'm good. Let me just like pivot because I'm not on that and I'm seeing where, where this is going. I've seen all, I've seen all I've needed to see and immediately know. So, <laughs> yeah, I just literally, ex- um, I saw some patterns and I was like, yeah, that's not my vibe. So, like, let's move on. 
you'd only been to Nigeria for three days before deciding that you yeah. wanted to move here. And you said that your instincts just kept telling yeah. you that I want to move to Lagos. I, I yeah. mean, was that spiritual or was it just what what, um, what was it about Lagos? So that, so one, beca- because I came straight from Kingston. So um, just quick correction. So I was raised in Jamaica. I was born in New York, raised in Jamaica since I was three months old. And then after starting college, I was back and forth between the U.S. and Jamaica. So COVID pushed me back to Jamaica. Like I was in the U.S. for like law school, finishing up my master's. And after my master's, COVID hit. So the first year of COVID, I was in the U.S. suffering. Ah, you people saw the headlines with New York. It was bad. Yeah. And it, when I hit my limit, like it got to that second winter of COVID and I was like, no, I literally just like booked off like the week before. And I told all my friends like, yo, big up yourself, my God, <laughs> later, like if you don't want, come visit me, come, we can go beach, everything, but I'm not staying here. Yeah. And that year in and of itself, that was a gut feeling and it was healing for me. Um, I, then that gut feeling again, I, I guess I would, my pastor says it is not my gut. My pastor says it's God. So, okay, Pastor K, it's God and my gut, the two G's. But so maybe it is a bit spiritual. I've had a lot of friends die young. And and how I view life and the reason I force that freedom on myself is because I know that tomorrow I can go to the beach and not come back, which yeah. is how one of my friends passed away in October 2020. So I just, I'm like, yo, when, if I, I'm in that moment and my life flashes before me, was I saying like, boy, I sat in the office and I had that conventional life or did I get up and go to Nigeria because I felt like it? Or, you know, like, did I do, did I follow my heart? Like, I need to know that I did everything in my power to live life to the fullest. So yeah. that's kind of what guides me. That's and that's what should guide you as well. At the end of the day, we all only have one life. Yeah. And you, you do have to um, do what works for you. Yeah. What what was your first impression of Nigeria? So the thing is, before Nigeria, I had gone to Haiti. That's also something that right before COVID hit, I spent like a month doing a DJ residency in Haiti. So really, if you've been to, to Port-au-Prince, you really have seen it all, honestly. Mm. Ni- like Lagos, before Lagos... All right, Kingston, Ghana. Kingston and Accra. That's the the um the comparison. So Kingston is to Accra what Port-au-Prince is to Lagos. The only difference is that there are mountains in Port-au-Prince. But it is literally like the same level of jarring, like, ma, ma, bless me, bless me. You know mm. what I mean? And so, honestly, I kind of just have gotten used to it. And again, I am very adaptable because I choose to immerse myself in these yeah. cultures. So it's just, and I have like, I have really aggressive eyebrows. So people tend to, if I say no one time, they'd just be, okay. I'm looking alone. at your eyebrows now and I'm like, <laughs> I, need to I know what you mean. You know, the eyebrows like flick up. Like, yeah, I, I literally have no eyebrows except for my microblading. So whenever I like, <laughs> whenever I pencil them in, I'm always like, did I put like too much of a flick? Am I going to now look like, am I going to look wicked? <laughs> literally somebody just called me an angry bird. And he will know himself when he hears this. But um, yeah, so I mean... Because of that, like, because of that experience, I can just, like, transfer it. So, Lagos wasn't particularly jarring or surprising. It was just like, okay, this is similar to Haiti. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. And, I mean, you are here as a businesswoman by day and a DJ by night. Look at you smiling. So, (laughs) I need to know, had you, did you already have a job before you came out here? Or did you, okay, so tell us about that. And so, this is like, you know, um, no, if you want to look at this portion of the podcast as tips from an expat, this is it. Don't come here and don't have work. I beg. <laughs> have your remote work settled and sorted. And like also prepare your job. 
So my job knows I'm, well, certain people at my job know I'm in, in Nigeria right now. I know I am stuck in Nigeria because my passport ran out of pages, right? So they already know the situation. So when there's, Nepal will disgrace you in this place. <laughs> so when Nepal has now disgraced you, they can know like, okay, she's stuck in Nigeria. Her passport is with the embassy, XYZ, XYZ. Um, but yeah, I, I came out here. I, had, uh, I work in advertising. It's complicated. I'm an environmental lawyer by like study by and I also like do academic work like I publish articles in environmental law my money comes from advertising which I love like I love IP I love entertainment law so I do some legal work for an ad agency based in Virginia um and then yeah I DJ as well and I'm pursuing business opportunities here so it's I'm a loving lot. this no it's a lot and that's one of the things I like about Lagos like it when I say these things in Jamaica everybody why you don't just go sit down <laughs> you know like in Jamaica it's not common for yeah. people to be doing more than one thing. Yeah. Um, and so I get to come here and I don't feel judged. I almost feel judged when I say these things because they call you enough. They'll be like, why are you so enough? Just go sit down. <laughs> Versus here, I feel like I say that to Tinu and Tinu is like, okay, so what else? Like, what else are we doing? The because... average person has two jobs in Nigeria. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, but circling back to your question, yes, I did come here with my day job and they were aware that like I was traveling mm. for some time. So that when these things do happen, they could be aware of the time difference. They didn't care. Which is fair. You're paying me. You're not paying me to travel the world. So, um, but they can at least have context. And I'll, yeah, like just finding one of the things I'm doing is starting this little blog about like, yo, where do you find the most secure Wi-Fi? Like, where is quiet? Where can you take calls? Where are the best cafes, mm-hmm. coffee shops in Lagos? Because I have like a year of legwork of doing that now. So I know like, listen, pause. The internet is just three hours. That place is very fine. But the internet after a few hours will shame you. <laughs> so if you have like long meetings or long days, don't go to pause. Maybe try like Arts Cafe. But that yeah. place is also cold. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, it's just amazing because clearly you've decided that you're just going to do what you would like to do. Yeah. And I have a friend as well who is living in Nigeria, um, earning in pounds because she works remotely with a company in the UK. Mm-hmm. And life for her is bliss. And I'm sure for anyone... Bliss is aggressive. <laughs> I don't know if I would say bliss. And maybe for your friend, because yeah. again, like I'm here... A lot of things I've had to learn on the fly, like housing, mm. you know. So maybe if your friend is Nigerian, it probably is. No, yeah, she's Nigerian. Okay, that's yeah. why. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not Nigerian, sorting out housing, like we can talk about dirty bolts. The, I've stopped using Uber because, ma, where are you going? I don't want to go that way today. Ah, are you mad? If you don't, go and drive down for now. Yeah. If you don't want to be going to Lekki One. From VI, why are you picking even like the ride? Yeah. So things like that. Now I have a driver. Ooh, ooh flick. <laughs> I only have him three days a week, y'all. I only have him three days That's a week. It's better than nothing. But it's better than nothing, right? I have him my gym days because my gym is hell to get out of. Like it's yeah. it's in an estate. I can do a I can write a dissertation on estate gate security. It's oh, disrespectful yes. because my mentor drives a G-Wagon. So I'll exit the estate. They were now hounding my Uber to come and pick me. But my mentor is dropping me home. Ah, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you crazy? You saw me in the same dress. It's the mm-hmm. same peasant. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you said it's the same peasant. It's, the same, it's just that the guy, my mentor obviously is more successful. Yeah. But it's the same peasant that's now paying the small, small mm-hmm. rent. Are you mad? Oh, my gosh. Like, little things like yeah. that. So those things make 
Lagos not bliss. Yeah. The, the the fact that I can pay a driver for three days though, like obviously, and it's marginal to me, like this is my Metro card money. I do appreciate that. Yeah. The fact that I can like, you know, I got to slow for drinks and they know me by face now. Like they're literally walking, hey Nikeba. I mean, the average person probably can't do that, but you know, I swipe that little discover, <laughs> not discover, you know, but I swipe that little, you know, MasterCard Visa and it's it's a $16 drink and that's normal because compared to New York, it's fine. Yeah. So I'm, I always try to check my privilege. I always definitely try to check my privilege, but Bliss is also very aggressive, like, for a non-Nigerian. No, that, that is fair enough because there's a lot of adapting yes. and getting used to. Yeah. Um, you're in a new environment. Mm-hmm. It's not as if Nigeria is home. So yeah, um, no, that definitely, that definitely does make sense. And you get to DJ out here. I don't, yeah. I can't believe I haven't caught one of your sets, but then again, I, I no, don't I'm, go out. I'm very, <laughs> I've, I've also been very particular. I haven't DJed as much because one of the things that I have been intentional about doing is like observing the landscape. Like even with my business, my business is registered, but I'm literally observing the landscape before like I do anything. Also, I don't have NIN, so I can't start a bank account. So if I'm doing transactions, I don't know how they would now pay me. But that is another one. Um, but just I observe the landscape. So where I'm comfortable, I'll go. Because I am a Jamaican DJ. I am a Jamaican Afrobeats DJ, but I always hearken back to dance hall. Yeah. And this is not really a very open demographic when it comes to new music. Yeah. So if I don't feel like it's going to be well received, I'm not changing my DJ style like yeah. too much. Yeah. That sounds I bad. So no, it's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I. so I'll do Danfo. I will sooner do Danfo because Danfo will now say Quenchy is coming and then the Quenchy people will now come and nobody's asking me for Giggy. They now know they're going to hear like yeah. Beanie Man or whatever and they love it. They came out for that. So that's why I've been, that's why you haven't caught one of my sets. Yeah. Like I'm really intentional. Well, I'm going to make sure that I'm intentional about catching one of your sets <laughs> soon. Um, so tell us about getting into DJing, um, how it all happened. How long have you been a DJ for? I'm a super young DJ, which is funny because I'm trying to finesse the world. Like I'm some like festival DJ. Global. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. So I had a radio, st- I went to Howard, <laughs> HU. Hey. Um, so when I was at Howard, I had a radio show like a little Caribbean show. And so that kind of got me into downloading virtual DJ. I never took it seriously. I was young, I was stupid. Like I just was like in my 20s. So cut to law school. And this is how I even got into my job now. I music supervised at BBC show. It wasn't, it was on YouTube at the time. Mm. So I was just, my friend is the one that is the creator. I was just like, yo, Ajani, can I like just curate the music? So we're curating music and we're getting lawsuits. Like, Auntie, and entering this on YouTube, you need to pay us. So that forced me to learn music licensing as a lawyer. So while I'm in law school, we're just like, okay, like what is masters and publishing? Like, what does this mean? And so I'm running around negotiating all, like even Wizkid, like shots to him because his his fees are obviously exorbitant. We're using five seconds of a Wizkid song. I don't know how I got his manager, but I was like, yo, we have 300 pounds. Like, please, can we just have it? Like, can we have the right? So I was hustling. Um, and so I ended up music supervising that. I flew to London for the party, for the like release party, um, like Leicester Square, like a whole thing. Yeah. And so while I was doing that, my cousin was beside me as I was DJing, like from SoundCloud. And everybody, like I was getting free drinks. Everybody was jamming. I literally was on my phone on SoundCloud. Like, but it was wow. a DJ booth, so no one saw that. I looked like a real DJ. <laughs> so my cousin is beside me. She's like, you know, I really see you doing this. I really <laughs> see you with like thousands of people, Han. I just really think you should be like looking to DJ. Your British accent is so spot on. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's my cousin Vanessa. She literally was standing beside me, watch me finesse all these people behind this DJ booth with my phone on SoundCloud. Um, so she literally was just like, I have this vision of you being a DJ, DJing for thousands of people. And then the creators of the show were just like, you know, you have an ear for music. Like you're very good at music. Like look what you did for the show. And then she's like, look at this now. So this is like my third year of law school. And I was like, all right, cool. But cut to my birthday, somebody gifted me a controller. Um, and when I was like doing my master's of laws, this is I had moved to New York by now. Literally, like whenever I had a free moment, I'll just jump on, practice, practice, practice. And I do, I do have a natural ear for music and like yeah. blending different genres. Like I will blend soca and Brazilian and Afrobeats like in 10 seconds. Amazing. And it's seamless. Now I need to circle back to some of your <laughs> stories <laughs> over the past one year because um you you live a very adventurous life. And I am sure you have a lot of stories to tell about Nigeria over Ooh. the past year. The first story that comes to mind is how I almost got finished by a security guard. Oh, God. <laughs> but I actually was having a conversation. So it was two guys. One was like very much under the influence of something. So I didn't really engage with him. Yeah. And then the other one was like, we were having a conversation. So, and this is when I was exchanging numbers. That's another thing I've stopped doing. I do not give up my number anymore because yeah. of this. You hear this story. So I exchanged <laughs> numbers with the guy and just like being polite. And we actually like kept on having conversations and whatever. And he seemed like super cool. One day the devil was on my soul. And I did not want to do work that day. That's also the beauty of work from home. Like when I go very hard one yeah. day, it's like I was saying, we should have a one day work week because on that one day, I will go extra hard. I will clock 20 hours. Do you know I'm so here for that? If you told me, <laughs> you know what, you have, you only work one day of the week. I, I will promise go you, so hard. I, I will, will do everything. So, yeah. so that's the thing. Like I get exhausted very easily. So I take like, I hope my boss don't hear this, but I, I will chill out for the, like, the day after. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those days, like, I went really, really hard. The next day, I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to chill. Like, I'm going to do work, but, like, coast. So the guy was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go for a swim. In our previous conversations, what do you do? I'm in security, X, Y, Z. So I'm like, oh, okay, qualifiers. When we were leaving the restaurant, <laughs> I saw the bench he was going. I said, oh, this bench shot is fine. So I'm like, oh, he got a nice ass bench. He got a security company. You know, he, you know, the grammar was looking okay. Because I checked that. So that day, the devil was on my spirit. When I tell you, said the guy was like, I want to go for a swim. So I said, all right, cool. You know, I'm down for a little swim, swim. We could do a swim. Oh, God, this is going to end so badly. Oh, I girl, already know it. You, you don't even know the half. <laughs> so the guy says, let's go for a swim. I said, where are you trying to swim? And I'm thinking his estate has a pool. He's like, oh, Chevron. That huh? was the first red flag. I said, why Chevron? I feel like that's super far. I want privacy. Me, huh? in Jamaica, we have a term called a yamhead. I was being a yamhead. <laughs> Meaning like I was clearly just yamabella, right, at this point. Because from the minute the guy said Chevron for privacy, I should have known. If you yeah. want privacy, you have some house in Ikoi or whatever. If I'm thinking who he is, yeah. is what he is. No, Yamabella was, the devil was on my spirit. I said, let me just ride the spirit. I go put on bathing suit, I bronze up my skin. <laughs> I put on bronzer, lipstick, eyeliner. Listen to me, I was ready. So then um, the guy comes and he's like, he's going to take me an hour to come grab you. I was like, all right, cool. And this is another like, my conscience is like horrible. So the guy's pulling up and the guy, I swear to God, this was the first ever built X5 in life. This is like literally... A X5 that was 25 years old falling apart. I see. 
And he's like, oh, I'm entering the gate now. And I'm like, surely not, because I'm expecting a, a silver Benz. I'm expecting a 2022 silver Benz to come and pick me up. Not this jalopy. So and I'm crying. Like, Listen to me. Literally, she's crying. And then, no, but this is Yamabella, the devil. I see a, a police thing on, like, under the hanging, and I'm like... Maybe like him just never have access to the nice car today. <laughs> so you know Nigerians always have like six cars scattered in their estates yes. and just pull one. So I gave the benefit of the doubt. I go downstairs. The car don't have no handle, no door handle for me to open the door. I, I still entered the car, guys. After all of this, I still <laughs> entered the car. God. I entered the car. It smelled like diesel inside the car. <laughs> it smelled like fuel inside the actual vehicle. Jesus have mercy. <laughs> and I still exited the estate. I still proceeded to drive with the man. So we're driving and the guy is behaving. I've never had any Uber or Bolt behave that rambunctious in my life. <laughs> he started to behave like a literal Lego beast. Like a wild animal on the road. To the point where he rear-ended somebody. He said, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. So I sent my location to my friend. Like, mm. she's low-key like my small egg bone. Mm. I sent it to her. I said, girl, don't ask any questions. Don't ask. Mm. Just follow the location on this map. Yeah. I beg. By the time we get to Lekki Toll Gate, this is what really cinched it for me. <sighs> there are socioeconomic dynamics in Nigeria. And there are people in servitude, not servitude, but people in service who speak a certain way. Yeah. Versus people who, like, you know, whatever. The man has answered this call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I did like you want. I did the tour gate. Just very gate man speaking. I said, ah. When the guy said security, somebody's security now. It's not owning security company. It's literally somebody's gate guy that I'm now. DJ Quenchy. Ah. That's now been doing like, trying to be doing all these festivals, doing all these big gigs on the, all these flights. DJ Quenchy inside this gate man's car, <laughs> going to be going to swim with bronzer on her breast. <laughs> Listen to me. I said to him, so then I made up this story. I said, oh my God, my boss, I have to go on like a call right now. Can you just drop me off? He stopped at Pinnacle gas station for gas. I said, yeah, Omo, just let me right here. I'll catch Uber and go home. My. Like, so, I mean, shots to him. He dropped me off somewhere in Admiralty. Then he goes, oh yeah, we can do a rain check. I said, ah, rain check. And, but the guy, the thing is with the guy, he knew I peeped the scam. Yeah. Like by that time, he was like, okay, she, she like, she, 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 yeah, she spot the jig. The jig is up. But like, <laughs> I, honestly, I, when it dawned on me I'm like yo you really because of our Benz that he was actually probably the driver of yeah, now yeah, yeah. probably the guy's dri driver mm -hmm. but you saw the Benz there's a term in Jamaica where you frighten so like it's basically being super impressed yeah. I literally sent a voice note to all my friends of that story and I said you see me see the Benz I'm a frighten <laughs> see Benz I'm frightened so no it, but you know what I had to go through that hilarious experience which is now why like there's literally nobody in Lagos that can impress me. I'm actually interested in knowing, like, what what is perceived as the Nigerian dream by people who are not Nigerian? You come here, you meet an oil, like, you meet an oil tycoon. I swear <laughs> to God, like, you, you come here, you meet an oil tycoon, and he's just, like, the most gentlemanly. And he is, like, because that's the thing I will say. Nigerian men are chivalrous. Extremely chivalrous. And I will say, I always feel, and this is, sorry, Jamaica. I always feel very protected, right? I'm very good at friend zoning everybody, but even in me friend zoning everybody, like I will never be out and feel like I am unsafe with the people who are now my friends. Yeah. You know? So 
Because there's, yeah, like, there's just this mentality of, like, I'm the man, like, I got you. And that's not something that we necessarily experience. And that's attractive to, like, I mean, if you're Jamaican, you know, that is a very far stretch from what you're getting in Jamaica because... What are you getting in Jamaica? Not a thing. Not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> you don't get nothing. You don't even get chicken scraps. I'm sorry. My God. Now, I'm, I'm really interested in knowing what the visa process as well was like for you because a lot of people coming into Nigeria um, often, you know, have to get a business visa or mm-hmm. a visa on arrival because it's just way quicker yeah. than getting any other type of visa. So how did you go about yours? Um, all right. So the first time my friend was working at a company and so her company helped to facilitate it. But since then, I've actually come across an actual company that does visa on arrivals. Like you get an invoice, like everything that guide you through. You can even like have a, a have an escort added to the service. I don't know the name of the company, unfortunately. I just know I have the guy's number. Um, and I don't even know where my receipt is to even look it up. But maybe I think that's the best way, right? Because they have established legal relationships with immigrations that allow them to facilitate this, um, that allow you to process everything you need to process. It's going through like an actual system. You get a proper receipt. It's not somebody you just transfer it and they'll say, ah, yeah, when you get here, it's fine. Like, it's actually very, very... So my friend who just got back here, that's who did her process. I really wish I remember the name of the company, but it's very, very efficient. So the name of the company is Cedar Links Nigeria. And if you're planning on coming to the country and need your visa sorted out for you, you can contact them on plus 234-803-282-4602 or via email at info at cedarlinksng.com. I know we're rounding up soon, but Jamaica is a country I have always wanted to visit. Give us everything we need to know about the best places to visit, the best time to go, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. So, um, me and Jamaica are beefing right now, but I will say, <laughs> Jamaica is one of the most gorgeous places on earth. Like, naturally beautiful. It's actually insane. And, and I feel like I have the authority to say that. Um, you, you can go to Jamaica if you want to do the culture. So I brought our friend to Jamaica, but he was trying to like be a bad man. He literally was like, yo, bring me to all the ghettos. Uncle, I don't want to die. Chill. <laughs> but I tried. I brought him to some very authentic spots. Yeah. So he got that experience, right? But if you want to hike, if you want to kind of like find yourself and do the yoga thing, you can get that there. We have literally a mountain that's like, I feel like there's snow on top of the mountain. And it's in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I lie, there's no snow, y'all. <laughs> but it's really cold. <laughs> but it's like, it gets like 60 degrees, like, you know, 50 something degrees. So you can get that as well. We have, we are naturally water rich. Right. Mm-hmm. So because we're a volcanic island, we literally have picturesque white sand beaches. And then you literally drive half an hour and you're like in a mountain and there's spring water, fresh water that you can I drink water from rocks like all the time. And then we'll have hot springs in the east. Like mm-hmm. it is literally anything. Final question. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in Lagos for a year now. Um, what are your plans? Where to next? How, how long do you plan on being here? Um, every day I ask myself that, especially on rainy days, especially on days when both is causing me wahala. Um, <laughs> because honestly, some, sometimes Lagos gets very hard. Yeah. Like, you know, moments of like vulnerability. I remember one weekend I like, I had just dyed my hair blonde, but not this blonde, like the first one when it was bad. But I was like trying to show my hair off and like all my friends were out and no one texted me. And I literally like <laughs> sat in my room and I cried. Because I was like, 
I wanted to go to that club open. Like, why nobody text me? So there are moments of isolation and moments like that where Lagos gets very hard. So I do a gut check. I do gut checks a lot. I'm very introspective. My therapist say. So um, I ask myself, like, how are you feeling right now? Is it like a bad day or do you feel like your time is wrapping up? Yeah. And I have a lot of plans. Like, again, I am pursuing entertainment stuff. Like, I'm pursuing all these things. But... I'm not putting pressure on myself. I've, no, nobody will kill me if I've registered the business and decided that Lagos isn't working. Like, honestly. Yeah. So I I try not... That used to hold me down. That that used to make me feel like, yo, I have to stick it out. No. I met somebody the other day. She used to be like, I used to sell wigs. I could have been a millionaire and I chose not to. And I'm quite fine. Yeah. So this pressure that we young people have to like, have to see everything all the way through till we're dangote, it's really like, we won't die. Honestly. Yep. So um, I say all of that to say, I do these gut checks. I know that I'm freed from that mentality, that I do have the freedom to go. There is literally nowhere else on earth I'd rather be. I must say, it is the dream. I mean, for your job to go wherever you go, who wouldn't want that? Living as a digital nomad comes with so much freedom and not all of us can be that lucky. But if it is a life that you're interested in, I mean, give it a shot. Apply for that remote job, take those risks that you've been holding back on. It may not work out for you, but if it does, you've unlocked the life that you've been looking for. Just don't earn in Naira if it's a life that you get into, because I don't know how far you'll go. <laughs> I mean, hopefully one day we'll have a currency that's strong enough, but right now, it ain't it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lay of the Land. You can follow Nykeba on socials at Nykeba, and that's spelt N-Y-K-E-E-B-A, to keep up to date with her life on the go. We'll be back next week. <laughs>